You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome back to yet another Overtime Ireland podcast. This time it is the Week 11 recap show. And uh, what a Week 11 it was, DJ, for both our teams. Uh, really, really enjoyable, I think, from both of our perspectives. But how, how was the weekend for you? Yeah, Colm, you mentioned very enjoyable, but it was also quite heartbreaking at times watching Jonas Gray running through the Colts D and we'll talk more about that later on in the show. Yeah, I think that's due to the fact, DJ, that you are a Patriots fan and, you know, heartbreaking. Uh, most f- people are probably wondering why, uh, why a Patriots fan would be heartbroken at that fact, but it comes down to the fact that uh, you have picked up Jonas Gray in uh, your fantasy leagues and uh, you had him on the bench and he racked up, I think it was 44 points, so... I can see why that would be heartbreaking, but I'm sure as a as a Patriots fan, on another on another point of view, it was uh, very delightful to see that running game really kick into force, and we'll be talking about that a little bit later on the show. As always, thank you for listening. If it is your first time, please do hit the subscribe button. If you've been a long-time listener, thanks for coming back again, and please do give us a, a written a subscription. Please do give us a written a comment uh, on iTunes, Stitcher, whatever you like to listen to it on. Give us a share on social media, whatever, Twitter, Facebook, so on and so forth, helps us immensely. We're here to break down the weekend's games to talk through some of the key talking points and you know to maybe look a little bit more forward as the playoff picture comes into comes into clearer focus. Some places where you can get a, a clearer view of the playoff picture and look into some articles and so on and so forth. There's uh, OvertimeIreland.com, of course, our website. Our Twitter handle is at OvertimeIreland. Do check those out, please. And uh, also, Last Word on Sport, our partner. We're on the Last Word on Sport Radio Network. If you're listening to it on the Last Word on Sport Radio Network, thanks for coming along and checking out they're, they're a great product that they have, and also check out their website, which is lastwordonsports.com. Check out their Twitter, at lastwordonsport, and thank you to them, as always, for helping spread the word of OTI. So, DJ, we're getting uh, straight into these games now. Let's start to break down the Week 11 action. Let's recap this weekend's NFL action. It's the OTI Weekend Roundup. So, DJ, a lot of stuff went on in Week 11, and I'm sure none more so for yourself, been uh, very intrigued by that Sunday night football game, I'm sure you enjoyed watching it, we talked a little bit earlier about you and Jonas Gray on your uh, fantasy football bench, which I'm sure was tough for you to take, but I'm sure you were delighted overall by the, the performance of the Patriots, this one started off, you know, they, they got into the lead and they, they never really lost it, but there was some worrying moments, a few interceptions by Tom Brady, but overall the run game was looking very good and Gronk had a, a strong second half and he some great blocking throughout the game. Overall, DJ, thoughts on the Patriots' victory over the Indianapolis Colts? Come, that's a game I thought was going to be very close for the Patriots, and I thought that the Colts had the potential to cause a slight upset, and they were the Colts were actually favourites with quite a lot of bookmakers. And when Tom Brady threw the second interception, I thought it could be one of those days where it just wasn't going the Patriots' way. And normally I'm never critical of Tom Brady, but both of the interceptions in the Week 11 game were both his fault. He had no need to throw either ball, really, but that's just the way things are. But he really turned it around after that, and the Patriots' offense just trampled through the Colts' D, and the Colts' D were surprisingly bad. And Then you had even Rob Gronkowski getting in on the blocking action this week so that Jonas Bray could run riot against the Colts. 
Yeah, did you mention that Rob Gronkowski getting it on the block in action uh, this week in particular? There was some great play by uh, that whole offensive line as a whole. There was a lot of like pulling guards out to get extra blockers around one side of the line and so on and so forth, opening up big holes for Gray. And uh, he he really took advantage of those uh, with those four touchdowns. You mentioned the the turnovers by Tom Brady too. The the first one I can see why he threw it, going for the deep ball, and you know if the, if the defender doesn't make a good play on the ball there, you're looking at a long touchdown. But you know it was a little bit uh, easy of an interception, but two safeties playing deep. It's uh, something that maybe he wasn't expecting to see when he went to throw the ball. And there was pressure in his face. The second one, DJ, I was really surprised by. They went off the play action pass deep in the their own you know, territory down around the 10-yard line. And, you know, he was looking for Gronk. And, you know, if, if it gets to Gronk, it's a home run hit. He's away. There's no there's no safeties behind him. But when he threw that ball, DJ, he hadn't looked up. He was leaning off his back foot. And, you know, it was all too easy. That was as bad an interception as you're likely to see him throw this season. And uh, overall, though, I thought he recovered well and thought the team done a, done a good job. And, you know, Darrell Rivas had quite a good game. Branton Browner's getting more comfortable in the system and uh, overall DJ was, uh, I was very impressed with the Patriots on the other side of the ball the Indianapolis Colts it was a mixed bag from them Andrew Luck with a couple of turnovers in this game couldn't really get the ball moving via their running game very poor in this game and DJ we're talking about their running game obviously the Ahmad Bradshaw went off with an injury in this game and uh, he would left the stadium in crutches on Sunday night and Ian Rappaport's reporting that it looks like the Colts believe that Bradshaw's broken his ankle so you know it's a huge huge blow for them he's by far the better runner in the team he's been running better than Trent Richardson all season and uh, just unfortunate injury for them and you know it remains to be seen whether he'll be back for uh, the playoffs or anything for them but at this stage his status for the rest of the season's up in the air and it's probably more likely that he won't play again this year. So big, big blow for them and the running back situation. And it was a poor night for them running the ball. Then, you know, they became one-dimensional. They had to throw the ball. This would have all been part of Bill Belichick's plan. And, you know, you're trying to throw the ball every time. Reggie Wayne was getting a lot of action, but T.Y. Hilton was kept extremely quiet. So a big, big stand here for the for the Patriots' defense. And, you know, back to the drawing board for the Indianapolis Colts, I guess, for the next game. But, you know, the Patriots are really on, really on a hot streak at the moment. So... Good time, DJ. Being a Patriots fan, I'm sure you're starting to think towards the uh, towards the playoffs. And this game too, DJ Gronk had a, a little bit of fun. Uh, you know, he was enjoying the blocking. As you're saying, he was taking it really physical. And Sergio Brown and him had a few comments together during the during the game. And on one of the touchdowns for Gray, he got a, a 15 yard penalty after it uh, and forced onto the kickoff for unnecessary roughness. And uh, it was quite rough when he uh, decided to throw Sergio Brown straight off the field and uh, said he. He was taking his bouncer role, kind of, and throwing him out of the club. What did you make of it? Yeah, I come out advise Sergio Brown if he's going to be mouthy to somebody like Rob Gronkowski. I'd want to be able to back it up with his performance, and Sergio Gray certainly didn't do that. Go Gronk. <laughs> yeah, it's Sergio Gray there. I know you meant Sergio Brown, but uh, Jonas Gray just uh, all through the mind of Patriots fans this morning after his big performance on Sunday Night Football. Moving on to the next game, and we have the Atlanta Falcons, and let's hear it for the Atlanta Falcons, DJ. Uh, I think we'd written them off. I think I wrote them off on this show last week, and probably the last number of weeks since then, they had no chance to make the playoffs. Their season was over. The coach, I even said that I was surprised that Mike Smith wasn't uh, showing the door after the game in London, but they're 19-17 victors over the Carolina Panthers, and now they lead the division with a tied record. We'll be talking about the Saints in just a little bit. But uh, they now lead this division, DJ, and, you know, it kind of shows how, how this division has gone all year. You have to give them credit, you know, they, they stood up, they went behind very late on in the fourth quarter with a, with a field goal, and, you know, they needed to, to come up big, and they got a field goal then of their own to, to get the victory, and 
Carolina Panthers made a little bit of interest and almost got another field goal and they got an opportunity uh, after Kelvin Benjamin helped get them into good field position but you know it was a, a kick from over 50 yards and you know you have to hit the kind of lower trajectory to try and get the distance on it it was tipped at the line and uh, didn't make it anywhere near the goal so big big one here for the Falcons DJ leading, uh, leading, the, leading the charge now and heading, heading playoff bound maybe but they also have the tiebreaker over the Saints from that early season victory on uh, week one and you know, had you written this Falcons team off, DJ, like I had? Yeah, Colm, normally we talk about teams trying to avoid having the number one overall pick in the following year's draft, but it seems that the teams in the AFC South are just trying to avoid getting the win in the division this season. It's absolutely shocking, and I think of any team... In this division, I don't think any of the teams are actually going to go far into the playoffs if they keep playing the way they are, but one of them has to go to the playoffs, and the Falcons now have the advantage, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Yet again, Cam Newton wasn't his best performance off the season now, so... No, he's having a, quite a down run at the moment, DJ, and hasn't been impressive overall in the last number of games. He was looking a lot better as a pocket passer at the start of the season, but as time's gone on, he's he's not looking great over the last few weeks, and you know, Panthers fans are probably worrying about it, but this was a game whoever won was going to go to the top of the division, and with the Panthers losing, obviously, that didn't go their way, but season's still not over for them, but uh, you know, as, a, as looking at things, it, it looks like it's going to be a tough road for them to get back into the into the playoff hunt, but only a couple of games back. This division is that, is that crazy that uh, still there's a chance for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to, to get into the playoff picture and win the division, so you never know what happens, and they won 27-7. Speaking of them, we'll, we'll get straight into that game. And Speaking of them, there's a man called Mike Evans playing for them. He is their rookie wide receiver, and he's possibly going to be the offensive rookie of the year if he keeps putting in performances like he done here. I went up against him in a, in a number of fantasy leagues, and uh, it really it really did not help me either. 209 yards for him, two touchdowns. And he's the first rookie receiver to have 300-yard games and at least one touchdown since Randy Moss, and that's all the way back in 1998. So, you know, he's in a he's in a significant group there when you're mentioning him in the name of Randy Moss. Josh McCowan had a, had another uh, good game here. You know, I wasn't behind the... I wasn't really backing up the, the decision to switch quarterback for them again, but, you know, he has a good chemistry, it looks like, with Mike Evans, and, you know, it helped make Lovey Smith look quite smart this past weekend. So, you know, uh, some things looking up for the for the Buccaneers, and I think they're only two... They're two games back, DJ, in this division. That just shows you how crazy it all is. And uh, they have a chance still, I suppose, if they can get a wee run going. And, you know, any other teams get a run in this division, DJ, they all are in with a, a shout at getting a division title here, which is uh, absolutely incredible when you look at some of the other divisions and how good the teams are, and they are struggling to stay, stay in touch with the teams at the top of the division. So this was another game, DJ, disappointing for RG3. Didn't look all that good. He threw a pick six early on to Jonathan Banks, and, you know, he, he, he couldn't get linking up with Deshaun Jackson. So very, very tough uh, sack six times in this game, too. So... Second game back from that injury, DJ did the bye week last week. A lot of people expecting big improvements from the Redskins this week coming out of that bye against the Buccaneers. And the Buccaneers go on the road and get the job done. So disappointing stuff for the Redskins. The Buccaneers fans would have been happy on Sunday evening. Big win for the Chicago Bears, Coleman. Week 11 hasn't been a great season for them so far, but they got a 21-13 victory over Teddy Bridgewater's Minnesota Vikings. Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey absolutely dominated in this game, breaking tackles on quick screens and 
and jumping shorter corners with ease. And Jeffrey had 11 catches for 135 yards and a touchdown. Go all Sean Jeffrey. <laughs> yeah, Nietzsche, this is a game that finished, you know, late on in the game was still a one-score game, finished eight-point deficit, so still a one-point game at that stage. Bridgewater throwing a late interception to seal the game, but this is a game Nietzsche should not have been any way close. The uh, Chicago Bears thoroughly dominated the Vikings in this game. There was a number of turnovers by Cutler, which helped them, obviously, helped the Vikings stay in touch. But, you know, a couple of big touchdown throws here to, to Branton Marshall and Alson Jeffrey, as you mentioned, DJ. And, you know, Cutler, you're always going to get those interceptions, but a number of big-time throws from him here. And I thought they should have won this game, DJ, by about 20 points. would have been a fair reflection on the game. I didn't think there was much going on for the Vikings. The running game wasn't particularly good. And Teddy Bridgewater had a, a number of mistakes and was possibly his worst game as a pro. So, you know... I, I think this year it looks closer than it was. I think the Vikings played very poor. I think the Bears bounced back from their two atrocious losses over the last few weeks. And uh, I think that's all really to say about that. Mark Tressman had the team, you know, put up a bit of fight for him over the over this game. So you know, people were starting to question whether the team had given up on him and that. So you know, credit to him for getting the team out, and credit to the Bears for getting the win. And can't really say much about the Vikings other than it was a very very poor performance. The Houston J.J. Watts, DJ, were back in action and uh, they picked up a win on the road against the Cleveland Browns and J.J. Watt had a, a big role in this game. He had a touchdown reception, he had a fumble recovery, he had a number of incidents where he made contact with the Browns punter, got uh, penalties against him, you know, that helped Browns drives continue, but overall, J.J. Watt with a big, big performance here, but Ryan Mallett, DJ, was uh, kind of a talking point here more than J.J. Watt almost and it was his first start and a couple of nice deep throws early in the game and I thought overall, DJ had quite a good game, completed 20-30 passes, 211 yards, two touchdowns. He did have one interception, but I thought overall uh, he'd definitely done a better job than Ryan Fitzpatrick over the last few weeks. He was definitely, you know, you can see when he's throwing the ball, a lot of fizz behind it. And just uh, for the wide receivers playing for the Texans, make sure you get your hands up to catch it, because if, <laughs> if it hits you in the face, it might even dent that face mask. There's quite a bit of force behind him. His first touchdown, DJ, in the NFL went to, was it... DeAndre Hopkins, was it Garrett Graham? No, it was J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt getting in the action, kind of playing as a tight end, split out wide then and caught a fade pass. So uh, J.J. Watt doing it all this year and helping move his uh, category forward for the potential MVP of the league. He's been very, very impressive and I have to say I enjoy watching him. There's not many players in the league uh, I enjoy watching more than J.J. Watt and he's such a physical freak and another big game from him here and as we now know, the Houston J.J. Watts pick up the W. Yeah, Colin, there's definitely a game that's going to be a future quiz question, and you've already given away the answer, but yeah. it's definitely going to be a question in future NFL trivia regarding who Ryan Mallett's first NFL touchdown pass went to. <laughs> yeah, and uh, DJ, also in this game, uh, Brian Hoyer didn't have one of his better games, and you know, the Browns' defense had been quite good over the last few weeks, but didn't look great here. Hoyer took a big hit early in the second half, and, you know, if he had gone off, Johnny Manziel would have been coming in, and, you know, he didn't want to take the opportunity to even give Manziel one snap, so he toughed it out, battled on, and just didn't work out for the Browns in this one. Alfred Brew had a nice game as well for, for the Texans in the absence of Arian Foster. Kansas City Chiefs, DJ, are really starting to get their strength going as one of the best defences in the National Football League. They had a 24-21 over the Seahawks in a very, very cold Arrowhead Stadium, which was very, very loud as well as very, very cold. But big, big win here. Alex Smith not throwing too many passes of any distance. I think he uh, threw 16 passes in the whole game. I think he completed around 10 of them. 
But Jamal Charles is the man to talk of when you're talking to the Kansas City Chiefs this season and he had a very, very good game, 178 yards from scrimmage and two touchdowns and have to say, very, very, very impressive all-round game again by Jamal Charles. And, you know, definitely, I know DeMarco Murray's getting 100 yards after 100 yards, but there is an argument there that Jamal Charles is the best running back in the NFL. Russell Wilson, DJ, had a good game on the ground, not too much through the air. Neither quarterback doing much through the air in this game and, you know, a bit of, a bit of scrambling from Wilson and Marshawn Lynch. But the thing here, DJ, was I mentioned the Kansas City Chiefs D, they stopped them in a number of third, or a number of fourth down conversions, sorry, and, you know, turned the ball over and down. So some big, big stands, you know, you think Marshawn Lynch will be able to get you that one yard when you need it, but a few big, big stands here by the Chiefs D and they're looking very, very dominant over the last number of weeks. So I'm sure nobody wants to head to Arrowhead and face the Kansas City Chiefs they're, they're not giving up too many points the, the interesting aspect will be DJ if they start to go behind in games say if they're down by two touchdowns and Alex Smith has to throw the ball what will happen but we all remember in the playoff game last year when Jamal Charles got injured early on in that one against the Indianapolis Colts in Indianapolis he had quite a big game give them a big halftime lead and then we all know Andrew Luck storm back to, to pick up the win for the Colts and what was the biggest comeback from behind in uh, postseason history so big uh, Big questions are supposed to be asked with the Chiefs in that aspect, but at the moment, they won't care. They're, they're rolling all cylinders at the moment with a win over the Super Bowl champions who, you know, yet again are looking like they're up against the ropes in the in the playoff hunt. A lot of talk column before this game, and it may have distracted the Seahawks regarding whether Marshawn Lynch will be returning to Seattle in 2015. I think it would be crazy for the Seahawks to get rid of Lynch. He's been very good this season, but it was interesting to note that Marshawn Lynch stayed on the field for the whole entire halftime. Yeah, very strange on that, DJ. It's something that I hadn't seen prior to you to get it up there. It's uh, very, very strange you know, for him to stay out there. The other thing regarding that situation is, at the moment, you can see that basically all of the offense is coming through what either Marshawn Lynch is doing on the ground or Russell Wilson's doing on the ground. Not a lot through the air for them, and you know, obviously, they have running backs in behind them, like Christian Michael and Turbin, and they're going to be looking for more salary cap freedom. You know, they're going to have to pay Russell Wilson at some stage. So, you know, he's getting older. He's a lot of miles on the tyre. So that's a reason why you might let him go. But, you know, he doesn't seem to be taking it too too happily, DJ, as you say. He stayed in the, out in the field for the whole halftime. New Orleans Saints caught him lost for the second time in a row in... The in the dome column surprising result them going down to the Bengals 27-10 yeah DJ I was shocked by this result you know I, I talked on the podcast when we were previewing it last week with Aaron Coscalaria about that they hadn't lost two games or they hadn't lost a game at home in two years and then now they've lost back to back games so you know very very strange for them to lose back to back home games doesn't happen too often down there and you know I mentioned now no longer with their uh, destiny in their own hands with Atlanta top of the division so Question marks have to be raised, DJ. Drew Brees isn't playing as well as he has in the past, and the team as a whole isn't playing as well. A number of key drops. Marcus Colson dropped the ball a number of times. Picked up an injury now with Branton Cooks breaking his thumb. He's expected to be out for about a month, so there's big problems there for them on offense. They've been running the ball quite well but with Mark Ingram, but this year game, it wasn't a, it wasn't a great game overall for the run game either, and only 10 points on the board at home, DJ. They'll be bitterly disappointed with that. Cincinnati, on the other hand, we mentioned how bad Andy Dalton was against the Browns. Quarterback rating a two. No quarterback has gone from as low 
a quarterback rating to as high a quarterback rating in a two-week span in a back-to-back games. In other words, as Andy Dalton did, and that stat was brought up by Chris Wesley on their Around the League podcast, and uh, Chris will be joining us for the preview show this week, so looking forward to talking with him, and he always comes out with nuggets like that. But, BJ, Cincinnati were, you know, people were talking about them, how bad they were after their loss to the Browns, and, you know, now they're going to beat the Saints. So every week it's back-to-back, different changes up and down. But this here is a big, big loss for the New Orleans Saints, and people were talking about you know them having home field advantage going into the playoffs at the start of the season. No chance of that now, and uh, you know if they have to go on the road, I, I don't think too many teams on their day they could beat anyone. But I don't think too many teams will be fair in this Saints team at the moment. Jeremy Hill, big game for him here, 152 yards in the ground, and AJ Green at 120 yards receiving. So very, very uh, positive result here for the Cincinnati Bengals, and very interested to see how they go moving forward. And I'm curious to see how the the Saints respond after back-to-back defeats at home so there's lots of question marks is the the way I'm leaving that uh, that summary Alden Smith Callum returned for the 49ers from his nine game suspension and caused the Giants quite a lot of problems 16-10 victory for the 49ers and Eli Manning was back to his old ways with a number of interceptions in this game yeah, DJ, five interceptions for Eli Manning in this game. And, you know, you mentioned the score there, 16-10. This year game should have been blown out of the water. There should have been no contest. Five turnovers. You need to be putting up more than 16 points. So the 49ers will be disappointed from that point of view. They'll be glad to get Alden Smith back. And, you know, it's going to it's gonna help them going forward, getting a bit more pressure on the quarterback. But, you know, five interceptions, really, from a quarterback is really not acceptable, DJ. And Odell Beckham had another positive game for them here. But... You know, Eli's going to have to look at the game tape, see what went wrong. It can't just all be down to the fact that Alden Smith came back into the lineup. But uh, when you're turning the ball over in that sort of situation, you have no chance. And as I mentioned, DJ, I'd be disappointed enough as a 49ers fan if I was a 49ers fan, which I'm definitely not. But uh, if I was 16 points off five turnovers, it should be a lot, lot more than that. There was a number of turnovers as well, DJ, down in the red zone. So, you know, the the Giants had chances to score and they, they made mistakes leading to turnovers and chance then for the, the 49ers to capitalise which they didn't really do and the, the Giants still had a chance towards the end of the game to win it so real mixed bag here for the 49ers and I suppose they'll say they got a win on the road that's never easy to do and they tur- forced five turnovers Borland uh, DJ the rookie for them who's come in in the last few weeks playing inside linebacker has been terrific for them he got one of those interceptions and he's forced a number of good tackles and stops as well so he's one to look, look, uh, look at as the season progresses very impressive so far but you know, 49ers, uh, their team, I suppose they're, they're treading in the right direction, but they need to they need to start putting up some points on the board, which has been their trouble. Uh, red zone efficiency hasn't been their strong point this season. Column game, I must say, I thoroughly enjoyed watching on red zone once I realised my bet for the week was destroyed. <laughs> and that was the St. Louis Rams 22-7 victory over the Denver Broncos. Yes, 22-7. Yeah, DJ, I think I mentioned the, the we were talking about, obviously, Tampa Bay surprised me this week and the Cincinnati Bengals surprised me, but this definitely was the shock of the week, in my opinion. The Broncos only putting up seven points. It's the first time in quite some time that Peyton Manning only got one touchdown in the game. Uh, he usually gets at least two every week. But, you know, change of quarterback here, DJ, I questioned this change of quarterback as well, and yet again, I was wrong. And Sean Hill had a had a had quite a good game here. It's a number of nice throws, deep throws to Kenny Britt. Kenny Britt seemed to be the man that couldn't be covered by the Denver Broncos. 
A lot of injuries here, DJ, as well, for the Broncos. So I suppose, if you're making excuses, that's some of the excuses you could use. Julius Thomas went out earlier with an ankle injury and, you know, they're say it's a sprained ankle, but they don't think it's going to be too serious overall. He was having an MRI on Monday, so we'll see how that goes. Emmanuel Sanders suffered a concussion in the third quarter. It was a big, big hit. Looked shoulder to shoulder, but, you know, they were saying it was a defenseless receiver and, you know, it was a very, very physical hit. So no surprise he had a concussion. Hopefully it's not too serious and he can get back on the field as soon as possible, but uh, Sanders going out of the game then was a was a big big blow to Manning, and you know the the passing game never really got back on track after that. Demarius Thomas DJ keeps doing his thing, but in this game it just wasn't enough, and you know the Rams the questions there. Obviously they've bet now the Broncos, they've bet the Forty ers and they've bet the Seahawks, and they're still likely to finish last in their division. So very very strange season for the Rams, but you know they had no sacks in their first. I think it was five games of the season and over the last number of weeks they've been racking up sacks they've been racking up quarterback pressures and they're not giving up many points they've been one of the stingiest defenses in the league over the last number of weeks so big big uh, performance here with the St. Louis Rams and you know Jeff Fisher I don't know he never you know they'll probably go down and lose to some a lot weaker team but against the big teams he can always get them pumped up and ready for the game so I'm sure the Broncos DJ will bounce back from this but it's now two losses in three games for them as they lost to the Patriots as well and uh, you know Maybe their grip isn't as strong at the top of that division as it was looking, and now the Kansas City Chiefs are coming up with pressure on them. And the week after next DJ, it'll be week thirteen. It is the pit, or sorry, it is the the Chiefs facing the Broncos, and that there should be a real fascinating contest now with that division well and truly on the line. And Colin, you know we all know that Peyton Manning is a fantastic quarterback and up there with the best of all time, but. In this week's game against the Rams, when you've seen the likes of Julius Thomas going out of the game and him not having these top-class receivers to throw to, does it raise questions for some people as to how great a quarterback Peyton Manning is? No, I'm just going to say, well, not for me anyway, There's everyone's going to have bad games, you know, Brady was having bad weeks at the start of the season. I'm sure Rodgers will have a few bad games, although at the moment he's going great. I mentioned Breeze isn't playing well. Even DJ mentioned Andy Dalton, where Andy Dalton isn't one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but you know he had a good game this week and he had a terrible game the week before. We can have up and down moments like this, and if your key parts of your game plan, like Julius Thomas is a key weapon for Peyton Manning get injured, it's obviously going to take away some of the things you had planned during the week, so that's going to make it a little bit tougher for him. I think just the Rams' defense needs at the moment are playing such good coverage at the back end, and they're really getting pressure up the front, led by Robert Quinn onto the quarterback, and I think just the pressure got in his face and he made mistakes. There was a couple of them were just good plays by the defense, but uh, one of the one of the, tar- the other turnovers then uh, was just a bad throw. But we'll see, DJ. It's again I mentioned like the Chiefs when they fall behind. The Broncos haven't been behind too many times this season, so they were throwing the ball and they were forcing throws. Pitt and Manning was forcing them rather, and uh, you know they weren't that far behind that they couldn't have kept with the run game and they kind of abandoned the run game, which put more pressure on Manning. Then I'm sure that was partly down to his own decision, but. I can't see it and uh, many people doubting what he can do because I'm sure next week DJ will be talking about a three or four touchdown game by him again the now column 0-10 Oakland Raiders mm. looking to secure that number one spot in next year's draft they uh, took I on the secured. they took on the Chargers this week with a 13-16 victory for Philip Rivers and the Chargers yeah DJ the you know, the San Diego, maybe not so superchargers in the last few weeks. Uh, 
they have uh, been disappointing. Obviously, got shut out in that last game before their bye week by the Miami Dolphins. And in this game, DJ, they got a touchdown early on in this game. So that's seven or 13 points, and they kicked two field goals after that. The Raiders, two field goals for them. Was a, I watched a lot of this game, and I, I was glad when it was over, to be honest. It was a poor game to watch. Chargers would be delighted to get the win. That's all they needed after getting shut out. But, you know, this was a very, very poor performance, I thought, overall. Philip Rivers, I didn't think they were. he was too good. He also picked up a knee injury in this, and apparently... Thanks to Antonio Gates for passing along the information, but it seems to be that he has quite a bad rib injury from before the bye. So we'll see We'll see going forward how Philip Rivers' health is and how he plays, but this was a disappointing game. I thought overall by the Chargers, I um, thought they should have done a lot better against the Raiders. But one thing you can say it easy for the Raiders, they have no wins this season, but they are definitely fighting as hard as they can to pick up a W. They don't want to go winless this season, and you know the defense in particular is playing really, really, you know, they're putting a lot of heart into the games, but you know you don't get anything in the NFL for heart. You only get... <laughs> And the only thing you get in the NFL for heart is wins or losses, and they're just continually racking up the losses. Derek Carr made some rookie mistakes, and he seems to be, you know, hit the rookie wall, maybe as we'll call it. So we'll see if they pick up a WDJ as we get closer to the end of the season. But the the Chargers, the main thing for them was to get the win. But, you know, uh, they started the season like a house on fire, and I was very impressed with them over the start of the few weeks of the season. But the last few weeks leave a lot to be desired, I guess, as uh, looking at the games. And, you know, I don't think too many teams at the moment are going to be worried about facing them if they were to make the playoffs but you know in that division at the moment I have to say that the the Kansas City Chiefs and the Denver Broncos are definitely looking like they're going to finish ahead of the Chargers at the moment and looks like these Oakland Raiders are definitely finishing bottom of that division a couple of divisions DJ that are really up in the air at the moment there's a lot of competition for them I mentioned the NFC South and how the every team has a chance even the Bucks with the way things are going and Look at the Detroit Lions, and they are in the same division, obviously, as the Green Bay Packers. The Packers will be talking about next. They got a big one this week, and the, the Lions then lost on the road, and it was a tough game here as well. They only put up six points, similar to the Oakland Raiders. Friendly dig there at the Lions fans, but uh, I think, DJ, the, the, the Cardinals' defense is showing how legit they are. They're getting real pressure on the quarterback. They're playing well in the defensive secondary, and I have to say I'm impressed with them, just like I was impressed with the Kansas City Chiefs D. The, the Detroit Lions, DJ Megatron was back, but they didn't really get a lot going. Uh, couldn't really find any you know, consistent threat. The running game wasn't all that impressive for them. And the, the Cardinals, although they didn't have to put up too many points, they got two touchdowns through Michael Floyd and you know, Drew Stanton done a, you know, done a decent job. He had a, a couple of interceptions. But overall, I have to say the, the Cardinals are definitely looking like uh, somebody who could be getting that number one seed in the division. A lot of questions asked after Carson Palmer went out injured, but Stanton filled in quite well this week. And uh, This defence held Matthew Stafford to just 183 yards pass, and that's as low as the season. So, questions here for the Lions, but it's a tough spot going into Arizona. Not too many teams won there. And, uh, I heard some stats on Bruce Arians and you know his uh, ratings or his results over the last few years, and Quite quite uh, amazing, I think, in his last 19 games. As a coach, I think maybe three losses. They're, they're on quite a, quite a consistent run. So the the Cardinals are definitely uh, going to be a hard team to stop and they face the Seahawks next week. Just easy when I was mentioning the, the Bruce Arians thing there about his wins, I just realised as well that the Oakland Raiders have now gone over a year without a W. So they're 0-16 over the last 16 games, which is definitely not impressive. On to the Green Bay Packers, DJ, and the Packers put up another 50 points. Only the, or It's the first time in their franchise history, back-to-back 50-point games, and I think it could have been more if they really wanted it. The, the Eagles put up 20, 53-20, the final score. Some very impressive plays on defense, DJ, a number of interceptions off Mark Sanchez, and 
or Mark Sanchez. <laughs> Mark Sanchez. Everyone's calling him the Sanchez, so uh, just Mark Sanchez. I'll call him from now on. But uh, you know, he kind of reverted back to the main. He did did some nice things then when the game was out of hand, but they they didn't really matter all that much. Julius Peppers with another nice game here and picked uh, picked off one of Sanchez's pass for a pick six and. Then there was an issue of the botched snap that Sanchez fumbled and was taken back to the house. So a number of, a number of key turnovers that helped the Packers get into such a lead. But this game was well and truly over well before halftime. And Rodgers with another nice game picked out a couple of TD passes. One of them very nice to Jordy Nelson. And, you know, I'm just impressed with how the Packers are playing. I don't want to get too ahead of myself looking forward. But definitely, definitely a real contender this year. And they're going to start to put on the pressure, I'm sure, on the, the Lions for the division title as well. Yeah, Colm, excellent performance by Mark Sanchez for the Green Bay Packers in, <laughs> in Week 11. I think he nearly outscored Aaron Rodgers in terms of points given to the Green Bay Packers in this game. Yeah, well, the turnovers definitely didn't help, but uh, I'm just going to take it from a, a Packers point of view and say the defense was uh, great, put a lot of pressure onto the quarterback and got the job done, whether that is legitimate or not. But uh, no, it was a game, DJ always comfortable from a long distance out and you know the defense is starting to make plays I know they give up yards a lot of the time on the ground and people talk about how poor their run defense is but when you look at the pass defense it's quite good and they're starting to get a lot of turnovers this season too which is good so a number of key playmakers there another good game from Clay Matthews and I have to say it was really quite easy and with the way the Bears dominated the Vikings this week I'm looking forward to seeing the Packers playing the Vikings this upcoming week and uh, seeing how what they can do against them I'm sure an interesting stat column. I don't know whether you've seen this already or not, but Julius Peppers became the first player in NFL history with at least 100 sacks and four interceptions returned for touchdowns. Yeah, it was interesting to read that, but I think he he was also the first person to have the, the sacks and three interceptions returned for touchdowns. So I think just every time he gets a, a pick six, they're going to add to that. So maybe that was it. Maybe it is a brand new record that he set. But Julius Peppers, DJ, I've mentioned on a, a number of podcasts this season, and he wasn't getting a lot of publicity you know, around the league getting talked about, but I've been very impressed watching the Packers week in, week out at uh, what he's done this season. And he looks very, very motivated after coming in as a free agent from the Chicago Bears last year, or last offseason, sorry. Just DJ, when we're starting to wrap up now, we have Josh Garden has been reinstated from suspension, so the Browns didn't get too many points this week, but you know he's coming in. It'll be interesting to see. He's been training with them. Part of his agreement uh, was that he could train with the team at the facility, so we'll see what sort of shape he's in, how he gets back on the field, and uh, what he does this upcoming week. Um, I'm sure it's a big boost for, for the Cleveland Browns. Let's hope that he, he can keep himself out of trouble this time. Yeah, Colin with a subtle dig there at Josh Gordon and the Browns. But overall, Colin, very interesting week. 11 games, and it's going to be set up nicely for some of the week 12 games where a number of teams now are really desperate to get wins to revive their playoff chances. And technically, only the Oakland Raiders are ruled out of the playoffs so far. So look out for Jacksonville and New York and the AFC and the Washington Redskins and the Bucks making late playoff characters. <laughs> yeah, DJ, maybe uh, that's been pretty optimistic, but uh, obviously as the weeks go in now, they're getting really hot and up, and we're seeing a lot of teams either get eliminated or, well, technically not eliminated, but it looks like they have no chance of getting into the playoffs. But then there's teams that are starting to make playoff runs, and we mentioned that NFC South. It'll be interesting to see which team starts to take the ball by the horns and pick up some wins and start to take advantage of the other teams slipping up. 
Oh, DJ, as we finish up the show, we always do a competition on Sunday evenings for the, the closest correct score in one of the games. We've done it for the Packers game this week, and although nobody got really anywhere near the, the correct score, there was a lot of people quite a bit off. We had to narrow it down to see who could get closest. We do it by who has the, the closest total points to it, and um, and the closest was Alan M. Doesn't give a second name on Twitter, but uh, he's a big Raiders fan, according to his banner on his page, and... Uh, from Coventry in the UK. He's uh, this week's winner, and his guess was nowhere near the correct score, but it was 38-24 to the Packers, so we can tell with a 52-20 result that uh, that's as close as we got, and I guess that's all we can do for this week. So congratulations to Alan, who will have an Overtime Ireland t-shirt on his way to him. We'll be giving away another one this weekend, obviously, and over the weekend we had another competition. We're giving away a copy of Take Your Eye Off the Ball, a great book by Pat Kerwin, one that I've highly recommended over the last few weeks. And at the time of recording, we just uh, haven't actually done the draw yet for that. So for Thursday show, we will be announcing the winner of that competition. So uh, look forward to sharing that with you as to who wins that book. Also on the show this weekend, previewing week 12, we'll be joined by Chris Wesling of NFL's Around the League podcast and NFL.com. A lot of you will know him from there. So we'll be joined by him to preview some of the games this weekend. Really looking forward to that. I mentioned on last week's show as well about the Donegal Dairy Vipers in our locality and new, uh, new American football team setup. So anyone interested in the area joining up for that, be sure and check them out. It's at Donegal Dairy VIP. And I guess, DJ, all that's left to say until then is I'm Colm. And I'm DJ. And until then, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production. 